You are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com slash shows. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an all-new episode of Interview with a Nerd. I am Richard Cardenas, as always. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everyone doing? It's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, sorry for for the long-ass gap from the last episode to this one. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on. I've been working a lot on a lot of different things, so that's been really, really nice. Uh, really stressful, but really, really nice. Um, as some of you may know I am currently writing a a series that I'm not really I haven't really talked about too much but it's an audio drama that I'm going to be hopefully premiering um probably early next year or something uh and I had a table read for it and it was uh it went really really well uh I I want to say people liked it I don't know sometimes you don't know because maybe people are just being really nice to you and they don't want to hurt your feelings (laughs) at least that's how I always feel (laughs) but um yeah I had the table read it went really well I got really really good feedback and suggestions and stuff and uh I've already implemented that stuff and I'm just continuing on I've written a few episodes and yeah it's it's moving um so I've been really concentrating on that and it's been a whole lot of fun so yeah uh really excited to be bringing that out to you guys um an official announcement will be made at some later date of course uh just right now it's just in in its baby stages and so yeah it's exciting I'm excited um how have I been though? Besides that, I've been pretty good. Uh, I feel like I've done a lot of stuff, but probably nothing um, too specific. I don't think there are any experiences that I've had lately that are out of the ordinary. I am excited that I bought tickets to go see Wicked. It's coming to LA to the uh, the Hollywood Pantages, and I'm excited to go see that in November. Uh, bought my tickets. It's gonna happen. One thing that really sucked though is that my car broke down. Um, sort of, <laughs> not a officially but it was on the verge of doing it so I I did the adult thing and I took it to the shop before it uh died on me and then they were like hey guess what you try to jump start your car and you and you did the cables wrong I don't feel like I did because <laughs> though I don't know much about cars I did google how to do a jump start and I felt like I followed the instructions uh precisely so yeah I don't know the guy said that that I did something and they had to replace the full, I mean, sorry, I keep wanting to say the full throttle body, but it's just a throttle body. I'm thinking of Charlie's Angels, y'all. So they had to replace the throttle body. Why am I telling you this? It's just not that important, but it it affected me in in ways that I did not like. I had to take the Metro, uh, which is not a problem in 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 of itself, but uh, I don't work close to where I live. So it's about an hour and a half Metro ride. each way uh, to and from work. So that was pretty awful. I had to wake up super, super, super early uh, to get to work on time. And then I'd get home and just knock out because I was so tired. And people on the on the metro are interesting. My first experience there, I talked about it on the Awkward Human Survival Guide podcast. <laughs> the my my first I've ridden I've ridden the metro before. This wasn't my first time, but this was my first time doing it for work. But anyway, I uh I was sitting down waiting for the train to come and um I had a very interesting interaction with a woman who 
who said I was clearly a homosexual and that uh, she was a fag hag. And I have not heard that term in quite a while. Uh, Don't know that I was specifically uh, giving off homosexual vibes, but apparently I was. I mean, I guess I always am. I mean, look at me. Uh, Hear me. (laughs) I'm very... uh, in my opinion, flamboyant uh, sounding, and that's okay. So, uh, but she just like approached me and and and, and said that, and uh, and I held had to help her onto the metro. So anyway, if you want to hear the full story of that, one of the awkward human episodes coming up soon, maybe like in a week or two, uh, we'll talk or you'll hear that. Um, anyway, so uh, enough about about my metro experiences. How are you all doing? I hope you guys have been having a a good time. Um, I'm not going to get political. I was about to, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stop myself right there. So let's get on to a little bit of news. I don't have too much. Oh, also, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do a recap this week uh, just because things are a little too busy. So I'm not going to be doing it. Uh, But I do have just like two little things of news that I wanted to talk about because I find them very... great and one of them is very near and dear to me so uh one of them the first one is that the cw is making batwoman which we all probably know and also this is sort of old news but not really but yes ruby rose is cast as batwoman she's gonna be playing um kate uh kate what 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 is the last name oh See, this is why I need to take notes and bring them in. Uh, She's playing Kate, who is Batman's cousin, Bruce Wayne's cousin. And uh, Ruby Rose was cast. And I think that is fantastic. I know a lot of fans and a lot of non-fans were up in arms about it. Uh, and, And so much so that Ruby Rose quit Twitter, which is like yet another person who was harassed off of social media, which is so unfortunate. But today I am recording this specific segment on uh, Tuesday, August 21st. Um, Today, Kelly Marie Tran uh, came out with an article. Just search Kelly Marie Tran and I'm sure it will come up. I believe it was New York Times or something like that. I'm not sure. But um, I, I read bits and pieces of it. And um, she was responding to to her situation where she was harassed off of Instagram. And uh, uh, she had some really powerful things to say. And I really specifically loved um, towards the end. She says that her her real name is uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but I'm assuming it's Loan. Uh, her name, her real name is Loan, and um, she's just getting started or something like that. And it was uh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, so I'm so happy that she's back. I'm so help- happy that uh, she's not letting this uh, keep her down. Uh, what happened to her? I'm glad that she's not letting it keep her down. So yay, Kelly Marie Chan. Um, I'm always rooting for her. So yay, go Kelly. Um, anyway, Batman, Batwoman, uh, I think it's really cool. I am super excited. I was just... Honestly, ready to to say goodbye to a few of those um, Berlantiverse shows, uh, specifically Arrow and The Flash, just because I feel like uh, Arrow, uh, I mean, at the time when it came out, we didn't have any superhero shows really on TV. And so it was great and refreshing at the time. But um, now it just feels very stagnant and it feels like it's not really doing anything. Um, I didn't finish the last season, but it's been pretty boring to me, unfortunately. Uh, That's just my opinion. And yeah, so uh, 
I, I, I was just giving up on it. And well, I guess I have because I didn't finish it. But then The Flash also, I feel like they're just repeating the same storylines over and over. And if not the storylines, um, the same beats over and over in every single season. And I feel like they could, these CW shows could really learn something from what uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did maybe like two seasons ago where they had three different story arcs throughout the season and kind of made them their own seasons. Um, and I mean, granted, I didn't finish that <laughs> season either, but it but it uh, really split it up nicely, I think. And especially hearing other people talk about it, they really, really appreciated that and thought that it elevated the show. So maybe um, these CW shows could do it too, because 22 episodes, 23 episodes, I don't know how many they're doing each season anymore, but that's a lot of episodes for a season when you're concentrating on one story arc uh it's it's uh, it's a lot of filler and it can get a little tiring when you get so many of those fillers that don't really elevate the show at all so supergirl is one of the ones that i have consistently enjoyed i think it's because uh it's a little lighter um but also i think it hits a little closer for me just because uh alex danvers which is supposed to be Kara's sister in the show is a lesbian and they do spend a good amount of time exploring that part of her um life and uh just like the struggles she has wanting a family and having to choose uh that kind of uh, life for herself and and how she has to navigate it. And so I really appreciate that. And it's been the better show for me. It's been a lot more socially uh, relevant as far as the themes that they explore in different episodes. They do touch on, you know, Black Lives Matter. They touch on um, uh, gay rights and stuff like that. Uh, and, 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 and mental health in one of their episodes as well. So it's, it's, it's been the superior show for me for sure. And now we're going to have Batwoman coming on. So I don't know if that will help the other shows, but that's definitely going to be one that I am looking out for, um, looking forward to. There is one show that I do need to watch, which I haven't started yet, just because there are so many shows. Uh, but Black Lightning, I hear really, really good things about it. Uh, and so I definitely want to be checking that out soon. Uh, hopefully with summer. Oh, shit. No, we're like in summer. I was about to say with summer coming up. <laughs> um, nope. We're already in summer. Maybe with summer ending soon. There's a you know, Labor Day weekend is coming up. Maybe I can use some of that time to uh, to catch up on some Black Lightning or, or something. <laughs> I can't believe we're in August. We're at the end of August. It's already going to be September. Woo. Okay. <laughs> so um, that's the CW news that I have. But uh, this is other news that I have and it's Marvel news and I'm super 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 excited about this so you all know that um, Iron Man was uh, I don't want to say rebooted but um, Iron Man Tony Stark Iron Man I forgot what the series is called but that it has started like a, a couple months ago uh, Iron Man got resurrected or not really resurrected because he wasn't dead he was in a coma uh, uh, um, I don't know what they called it I forgot it was like a machine coma or a a brain coma. I don't know what they called it. Anyway, he was in a coma. He's back now. And that means that he gets to take over his title again. And Riri Williams, Riri Williams no longer has a solo title, but not 
the case any longer. She is getting her own solo title. It's called Ironheart, and it's going to be written by Eve Ewing. Now, I don't know much about her, but I am excited for this because what I have read about her is that she's a uh, she's a writer from Chicago, which is where Riri is from. So um, she's talked about how she wants to really explore that side of Riri that we haven't really seen before. And in the past, they have talked about gun violence and and how that affected her family and how she lost family and friends to gun violence and stuff. And so I think that's one of the things that they're going to be touching on with this new series, uh, which is quite interesting um, from the Chicago uh, perspective. And so anyway, she's a poet. Apparently, when Brian Michael Bendis left the series Invincible Iron Man, there were a lot of people really uh, rooting for her to take over uh, to write for Riri, and um, I guess Marvel heard. They they listened, and so they reached out to her, and they offered her this gig, and now she's going to be doing it, and she seems super, super excited about it, which is really great. Um, I'm definitely going to be picking it up. So again, it's written by Eve Ewing. Um, it's going to be called Ironheart, and uh, she's a poet, and I guess one of her first books is called Electric Arches, so if you want to check that out. Um, also, it's going to be... Uh, the art is going to be by Kevin Labranda, and he, uh, I guess recently he's done a lot of stuff for Marvel, specifically Royals. He did Venomize, which I really enjoyed. I like the art, and he's currently doing Champions. Again, I really like his art, so I'm excited for this. Um, I don't know uh, Eve Ewing's work, as I said, so I don't know what 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 is really going to happen with that, but I'm super, super excited because it's about time we get a person of color, a woman of color, writing Riri. Uh, I think Brian Michael Bendis did a great job, but um, I think there was a little bit of personal experience that was lacking because he was never once a young black girl. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to this perspective. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all the news that I have for right now. Um, I really want to get into this interview. Uh, so this week I am talking to the, uh, the producers, the writers, the director, the actors, um, of this, uh, series called Pure. And, um, I was really excited to talk to them. This seems like a very, very exciting project, uh, just from what little I do know and what, you know, I learned during the interview, I'm super excited. They did a crowdfunder on Seed and Spark where uh, they're raising money to shoot a pilot and then they get to shop it around. I guess they've already done their their pitches and stuff, but people want to see it. Um, and so that's what this whole campaign was about so that they can shoot this pilot, make it good so that they can sell it. And I have a lot of faith in it. I think they do as well. Um, it, it seems like a pretty fantastic project. It's something that I feel like we need right now because... Uh, yeah, it's very inclusive, uh, very LGBT friendly, and yeah, it's created uh, uh, and or or uh, partly created by uh, women and people of color, and that is excellent. And you know, the people of LGBT uh, of the LGBT community, so that's wonderful. I I absolutely love that. I as soon as I found out about the project, I was hooked. I donated to the campaign, and you know, got in touch with them and said, hey. I would like you on my show. They did a uh, 24-hour live stream. It was during the last 24 hours of their campaign. Uh, and I caught them right smack in the middle of it. And so that was quite interesting. I'd never done anything like that. So uh, we we p uh, packed up all of our recording equipment. We took it over and we did a show there. So 
the the interview. Uh, I hope the audio is is okay, not too bad. Um, I think it was as good as we could get it. It doesn't sound horrible, but uh, it's definitely not an in studio audio experience. So uh, hopefully, it's not too bad for you guys. I think it's uh, decent and that it will be good. But uh, just wanted to let you guys know again, it was a twenty four hour live stream. They were answering questions. They were dealing with a lot of technical issues and stuff like that. So there might be some moments that feel a little uh, jerky and a little weird. I apologize for that. There was a lot going on. So um, yeah, uh, nevertheless, I really, really enjoyed talking to them all. And uh, you will get to hear that now. Cool. Thank right, you. Just hang out over here. Copy, copy. Oh my gosh, eat all the snacks and all the things <laughs> over there. Thank you. <laughs> Why is the cake gone? Okay, so we're 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 doing it. Let's do it. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. Just all right. So usually, what I do in my podcast at the top of the show, um, I like to ask my guests what they're currently loving. Ooh. So, who who wants who wants to shout out something first? Uh, I will say uh, there's this show, this Canadian show right now uh, that just debuted on Netflix uh, for the U.S. It's called Kim's Convenience. It's about a Korean family running a convenience store in Toronto. Uh, my fiance is half Korean, so he's getting a lot of he'll, like bury his head into me and be like, oh, God, that's so real. It's so real. <laughs> and it's so funny and positive and good nature there's nothing like snarky or mean about it it's just it's really really good comedy so uh kim's convenience is something i am currently obsessed with hmm. yeah. um i have seen that around on netflix i haven't started it though is it on its like first season or uh there's two seasons out available on netflix and i guess the third season is going to be available in the new year i oh. think so it's still running and, and it's so good okay okay cool Who's who's next? I have a question. Yeah. (laughs) Is this like the scope is just film and TV, or is this like anything? Whatever. If you, Whatever. If you, if you love oh my politics, goodness. If you love okay. what's happening I in our world right now. Right? <laughs> 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 um, but you know what? I, I am such an idiot. I forgot to introduce everyone. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. I, we already did the well, introductions. I, I thought it was going to be a cold this. open, and then we were going to roll into it. <laughs> yeah, we got to give a little teaser, but like make it really mysterious. <laughs> super on purpose. Yeah. Um, so everyone listeners, sorry about that. I am here with the the creators of Pure, the series, uh, the series that's going to be coming out soon. Hopefully, we're in the middle of your live. Hopefully, uh, your live stream, your twenty-four hour live stream, which is crazy. <laughs> but but for, you guys love it, I guess. So that's, <laughs> so that's wonderful. But um, let me introduce you all. Uh, I have here Julia Morizawa. Um, do you want to tell people a little bit who you are? Oh my God. Um... My name is Julia Morizawa. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Next. Um, uh, let's see. I'm an actor, writer, producer. I am for pure. I am. Oh boy. <laughs> We've been awake a while, and I took. I'm the one that took a power nap. Um, let's see. I, uh, I live in Los Angeles <laughs> with my husband Brad and my cats. Sparrow. Beautiful. Um, I'm primarily an actor. Um, I also work in a restaurant called Sugarfish. Oh, um, I know it. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah. 
Uh, I guess right now we're just in the middle of a 24-hour live stream promoting our final day crowdfunding for Pure uh, to raise the funds to shoot our pilot episode. So um, by the time this airs, it'll be done. Yeah. But um, the website is journeytotheannex.com. That'll still be up for people to go and check it out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. cool. Yeah, okay. we'll have links and everything in the show right. notes so people can be able to check that out. But um, also, you guys have hit your 80% mark, which means that you guys will be getting funded. Yes. So at this point, we're trying to get to that 100 and beyond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Awesome. Yes, yes. Um, Brigan, uh, Brigan Snow, why don't you introduce yourself in? Tell yeah. us a little, bit, a little bit about you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brigan Snow here. I'm an actor, uh, writer, uh, trying to produce this thing. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, originally from Maine. Um, been out here in L.A. for about five years and, and really having a blast uh, creating and doing stuff like this. Um, I... I uh, have been recently on the, the show Bright Sessions with Julia, uh, an audio drama I've been a part of for a few years. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my deal. <laughs> yeah, um, how I know you two, not personally, but how I know of you two is from the Bright Sessions. Oh, I cool. actually had Lauren on my show uh, earlier this year. She's the worst, right? Um, <laughs> she is the worst. No, she's the so sweetest. Difficult. She's so amazing. I love yeah, her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, she's kind of how I, I, uh, also, um, figured out you guys were doing this whole thing because I follow her. She shared it. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks, Bergen. Um, next we've got Kate. She's whispering. I'm sorry, I'm whispering. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hi everyone, I've got to stop doing the clap thing. We're not just on live stream video anymore. Uh, I'm Kate Carson, I'm writer-director for Pure, and a little bit of an introduction. Let's see, I've been a filmmaker now since 2010, Um, and we've been friends actually with Brigan uh, for a while, so really excited to be on board this project. Same amount of time. Yeah. Huh? Were you gonna say something else? I was like, like, oh, well, no, I was gonna fire say finger. for the mic. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm really tired. <laughs> That's okay. Everyone understands. Uh, and then Jay. Yes. Hello. I'm waving to people like they can see me, but they can see me over there. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jay Everly. Um, I am producer and editor on Pure. And I have also been a filmmaker and friend of the Pure team since 2010. That's not true. We just met Julia like two years ago, right? Like two weeks ago. Like two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks we just ago. found her on the street yeah, uh-huh. in the gutters. <laughs> beautiful. It's <laughs> a beautiful image. That's why I, thank you for taking me in. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so let's get back to what we were doing at the top. And then I definitely want to talk to you guys about Pure. Uh, but Jay, you were saying, what, what are you super loving right now? Oh, yes. Well, I love... So... I listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. um, and not it's like I get to listen to it 10 minutes at a time, so it's hard for me to get into audio drama because, you know, you want to listen to the whole episode, and then when it gets chopped up, it's hard. So I usually tend to listen to things like I just picked up Sam Harris, and I am a nerd for physics and quantum physics and everything that's science and stuff like that, so I just started picking that up, um, and I like, I like existential thinking. So that's mm-hmm. what, I guess, my biggest fave thing to listen to is lately. Joe Rogan I listen to a lot, but I don't listen to like the comedians and f- fighters that he has on. It's usually just the, the scientists and the thinky types and stuff like that that he has on. Is the, 
my my boyfriend Adam back there is like a huge nerd for physics and all that stuff. Yeah. He's currently trying to solve. Um, what are you trying to solve right now? What, which part? <laughs> Something about life and, and, and what's real and. and Free will and all that stuff. Oh, determinism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a fun conversation. Talk. Yeah, yeah. That's I just like to have conversations with people and stuff like that. And Mindspace, I don't know if uh, you guys have heard of Mindspace, but that's a new one by Sean Carroll, who works at Caltech. He's a quantum physicist. So that's one that I've been nerding out over mm. recently. Yeah, you two would get along well. Sweet. Um, he yeah. tries to we talk to me about... Show. Yeah, he tried to talk to me about this stuff, and my eyes just glaze yeah, over. That's like her. And yeah. I'm just like, uh huh. That's okay. like Kate. Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. Whatever. That's fine. But that's 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 my nerd out time. <laughs> yeah. Life. Yeah. Life questions. Uh, uh, who who else is loving something? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Um. I feel like the most recent thing that I got to binge prior to going into like the depths of this campaign was um, season two of Westworld, mm. which I, I tend to have a lot of mixed feelings about because there are very um, sort of like the plot heaviness and sort of vagueness of it mm -hmm. frustrates me, but there are some performances in season two that are just mind-blowing, mm -hmm. that um, are, are literally, as my friend Courtney would say, just master classes in acting. Um, that you, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing, the performances that we see on TV now. Mm. Um, TV becoming sort of this mainstream media. I mean, it always has been, but I just remember, you know, like 15, 10, 15 years ago, um, there was a quote I don't, I don't remember who said it, but it was like, um, you know, uh, theater is art, film is a craft, and television is furniture. Hmm. And I felt like that was kind of like hmm. the attitude toward TV 10, 15 years ago. And now it's just really, I mean, uh, the, the things that are coming out on TV quality-wise and story-wise and influential-wise right. have been really high quality. Um, I'm also finally getting to start, uh, what is it, season five? Was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on, the one that I missed? Yes. Season five. Yeah. I missed um, starting the uh, the season an end of last year because we only get TV like on, on like smart TV, on mm -hmm. apps. So if you don't uh, watch, it only saves like the first five episodes and we missed episode one, so then we couldn't start the season. <laughs> so I'm so excited to finally get to start binging that. I snuck in like one episode last week and now I'm after this campaign, that's what I'm gonna be doing y'all. <laughs> so I'm just good. gonna be binging that. Yeah, yeah. one of the things that um, you were saying about TV kind of becoming its own thing now, um, one of the shows that I absolutely love is Shit's Creek. Oh, oh my god! We were talking about that earlier. Yeah, it's it's one amazing. Of the best shows like ever, to, in my opinion. And what they do on that show, especially in the later seasons, acting wise, um, mm. there is a moment, and I won't spoil anything, but there is a moment where one of the characters is kind of confessing their love to another character, um, and this person is just like spewing all these feelings about like I still love you, this and this and that, all this stuff, and. Um, <laughs> And, and what's happening to the other character who's just silent is you see his face just he's 
getting teary-eyed, his eyes are getting red and everything, and all the acting is really happening on his end, Yeah. whereas the other person is just spewing and spewing, Yeah. and it's just, like, mm. such an amazing thing to watch, because it's like, you would think, like, a comedy wouldn't necessarily be something that gives you that, yeah. but, yeah, that show is, I would always champion that show, it's so, so good. So, so good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you, you, I, I completely agree with that, like, television the past few years have just really stepped up their game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Kate, how about uh, you? I know you're... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in a crisis mode right now. It's trying uh, to fix uh, something uh, that's uh, happening. So give me one second. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Live uh, crowdfunding. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. For sure. Um, but yeah, I haven't actually been caught up with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah, that was a lot. Oh, okay. Can I tell you? So, personally, Mm -hmm. Ghost Rider was a little touch and go for me. I wasn't that big a fan of that section. However, the the story that follows right after it is Mm -hmm. probably my favorite stuff that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has ever done. Mm -hmm. It just... It's, I'm so excited for you to get to it. I'm so <laughs> well, excited. Well, I, yeah. I pretty much ended right when that next story arc Okay. So. It's such a cliffhanger. It's so... It's, I, I feel like that may have been like a winter finale or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just, did that. They split it. Oh, my gosh. Parts. It's so yeah. good. It just yeah, yeah, yeah. changes everything. And, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, the, the super, Do you guys feel this like whole thing of people saying superhero fatigue? Do you guys feel that at all? I, I feel like at times there are parts, at least with, with movies, when like I've been watching a, a lot lately. I've said this a bunch with this group. Uh, I've been watching a lot of like 90s movies because I'm looking for something a little smaller uh, to consume. I think when it comes to the big budget stuff, I think that's just a byproduct. I think, I think the superhero fatigue comes from it. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that because when we were talking about uh, pure and sort of that dystopian fatigue. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff like Hunger Games, Maze Runner, um, Divergent. We we definitely wanted to sort of get out of that um, that sort of lacking of resources and people being, I mean, yeah, we have separated into factions, but um, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff to be fatigued about, quite (laughs) honestly. Uh, This doesn't mean I don't, like, enjoy it, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I, I get that. I get that sentiment for sure. I, I miss yeah. smaller stuff, mm. but that also seems like a pretty a common thing that people say. So, mm. uh, what uh, you said you're trying to get into like the '90s movies and stuff. What what's one that you really love? Oh gosh, I've been watching a ton of like uh, the Thomas Crown Affair remake of oh, Pierce Brosnan okay. did, which is a little more late, uh, late. 90s but uh watched you got mail i mean just like (laughs) honestly things that that i don't know if it's the nostalgia factor but um there is so much big budgetness out there Mm -hmm. that it's nice to when i'm going through netflix or hbo or anything like that find find a a movie that is a little more contained and a little more digestible, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sort of at the end of the night, I'm not looking for... It's interesting. I just got um, Infinity War, which I, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got it and I hadn't watched it like days after I had, I had purchased it. 
Um, because the only time I could watch it was was at night, and I wanted something like really just nice to kind of <laughs> relax through. Yeah, that's not uh, it. <laughs> yeah, so I had to like find time to like watch this movie that I really really loved, but I just didn't have it in me. So I've been I've been kind of retreating into '90s movies. It's just a little safer from here. Right yeah, I get that. There is definitely like I think a lot of stuff uh, right now seems to have heavier notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched Sorry to Bother You. Which is oh, I've been really waiting good. to see. Sorry to bother it's an, you. It's an Not waiting. I, I should have already been out there to see it. But we've been so busy with the campaign. Um, I'm so glad to hear that because that's another one we were talking about. Crazy Rich Asians earlier, and um, what's the other one we mentioned? <sighs> that was like ten <laughs> hours ago. I don't know. Um, but you know, sorry to bother you is really a, a independent film. Mm-hmm. Boots Riley who made the film, has been very active on Twitter and other social medias, just boots on the ground trying, <laughs> boots on the ground, <laughs> trying to rally people to see the film. And every time I see somebody post about it, they absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, the concept is just so yeah. amazing. I can't wait to right. see it. And all I knew about the film before I got, or before I saw it was just like what I had seen in the commercials, which is like, uh, this black guy working a telemarketing job and, and one of his uh, co-workers is like, you got to use your white voice. And that's kind of like all I knew from it. Yeah. And I was like, that's interesting. So I told my boyfriend Adam about it and we're like, yeah, let's just go see it. And coming out of the film was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, that was not what I was expecting whatsoever. And I won't spoil it, but there is this moment that happens in the film that is kind of like uh, very, very real uh, that happens to just like people of color um, that made me cry in the film, which was pretty heavy. Um, but yeah, so definitely when this is all done <laughs> and you have a moment, go see it, go see it because it's amazing. Um, let me let me see. Uh, what I was going to say something, I forgot what it is, but I do want to talk to you guys about Pure. Yeah. So let's get into that. So um, tell me a little bit about what Pure is. Julia, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, okay, so no um, Pure is a sci-fi adventure thriller a digital series. It's set in a distant future where genetic modification has divided society. And um, we're really uh, tackling issues of freedom, sacrifice, morality uh, from what we like to call an inclusive perspective. So we're tackling the sci-fi genre and we are exploring ideas of humanity and sort of like social division that you see today, but in a futuristic sense. So for this, it's the moral opinions about genetic modification. How far is too far? Um, is it better or worse than, than, than living sort of a pure uh, human life? And um, right now it's, what we are crowdfunding for is the pilot episode of a digital series, but we have basically written the first season of the digital series, keeping in mind that it's a very scalable project, a very scalable world, so it could very easily be adapted to be, for example, a one-hour television pilot. Um, So we're very open to all the possibilities. We did um, pitch it around to digital studios earlier this year, and a lot of the feedback was that they love the concept, mm-hmm. they love the idea and the look of it, and 
they want to know, okay, can you show us something? Mm -hmm. How can you do this for a limited budget? So that is the purpose of this crowdfunding campaign is to be able to show them that we can uh, execute the story on a limited budget. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, crushed it. No, I mean, you got it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is my live stream. So we had some little... requests to get a little bit closer because all the mics were in oh. our faces. Oh, okay. um, it just looked like you, like, Oh, yeah. So we up. are here. Uh, most of us. <laughs> Jay's going to be off screen over here. Um, thank you. Good night, Michelle. So, um... And Katie wrote it, right? Yeah. Well, the creative process was definitely a collaborative effort. When we first started working on this, um, the four of us, along with our co-creator, Charlie Frail, who's on the chat right now, uh, sat down and figured out the story that we wanted to tell. And we would put a framework around, you know, the world first and then the characters and try to sketch all of that out and then I would go off and write uh, the first few episodes of the digital series and come back to the group and go okay you know now we're going to talk about this and flesh these ideas out a little bit more so it was it was essentially like a writing room um, for a TV series and uh you know, it's not always the easiest process because you have people with different people with different ideas. And um, but I do think it makes it richer in the end because you have more than just yourself to think about all the different aspects of the story. And, you know, uh, I think it can be very helpful when you are creating something as big as this. Right. Who uh, who initially came up with this idea? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was it was uh, it started out. It's it definitely changed through through development, but the the initial idea came from uh, a breakfast Julia and I had together, where we were just we were in the middle of bright sessions and enjoyed working with each other, and was so inspired by Lauren and the other folks around us creating stuff that that we're like, what what story what uh, concepts are exciting to us and what would we want to do? And we just, I, I have so much uh, respect and, and admiration for Julia as, as, in, as an actor. So I just wanted the chance to work with her in, a, in another uh, way outside of the Dr. Bright Caleb uh, relationship on the Bright Session. So it really came down to like us over breakfast mm -hmm. just spitballing ideas of what was exciting to us and we we co-wrote uh, a script and brought it to kate and justin and they were excited with all the potential that could come from it and it really from that point on uh it was a process of of meetings together and going through this development and figuring out okay this is where we started with but you know, in the sense of kill your darlings for something for something better. What what was exciting to Jay and Kate, and how could we transform what we started with into something a lot bigger? And I think the 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 story um, and the way that we're we're doing it and telling it is only better for for all of us coming together in this sort of like really cool uh, what feels like lightning in a bottle. At least personally for me, it's just been a really 
exciting evolution mm-hmm. of, of the whole thing. Evolution has evolved, yeah. <laughs> might you say? Yeah. Our tagline, exactly. evolution has evolved. <laughs> Um, so what are, I know that you guys talked about the show, um, exploring, you know, morality of, of, um, the concept of evolution through modification and all that stuff. Um, you are also very inclusive in this project. What are some of the themes that you guys are going to be exploring with this? And like, what's something that people could look forward to? Um, cause I know in, in the campaign, uh, it said that it was going to be mirroring kind of like the political climate. Um, of today, yeah. Um, so uh, speak a little to that as far as the the show is concerned. Well, uh, I think it's like Julia said even in our, in our pitch video. I think at, at one point, uh, what's what's your skin color has turned to what is your DNA? What's your genetic background? And I think what's interesting is having sort of these three factions: the mods, dissension, and pure mods and peers being on either side of it, mods being those that pursued what they deemed as perfection through their genetic modification, and peers who thought being completely natural uh, in their born human state is perfection. Uh, What is interesting with that sort of morality fight, uh, Julian and I had a conversation recently where, okay, the mods are are trying to pursue this perfection, but also the way that we're, we're excited to explore is perhaps gender is not a sticking point for them at this at this point in time and peers sticking to how humanity has always been maybe have a rigid outlook on on what gender could be so while the the mods are searching for that perfection and while we i personally think it's it's uh not great their outlook on gender is super compelling and super relevant to what's what's going on today so i think i think the way that we want to present it is all of these concepts of the future of science and what we can do to better ourselves are we actually bettering ourselves um or not and Mm -hmm. what's that gray area in both of uh both arguments Mm -hmm. of that uh so that's what i think that's one of the exciting parts of, of exploring this i think there's so much possibility there Right. One of the things that I'm excited to explore, and this will be post the pilot episode, once we uh, have the opportunity to get deeper into the story, is the idea that there is no, uh, nobody is right, nobody's wrong. There's no good guys and there's no bad guys. Everybody's in between. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was something that was really important to me as we were uh, rewriting and developing, I would just like shout out like I have no ideas other than moral ambiguity, please. <laughs> like, that's all I can contribute today. But um, that was really important to me because I think a lot of times in in a lot of mainstream media you have the good guy and then you have the bad guy, and it's very clear who we are supposed to support. And what I really appreciate in in certain stories is when both sort of sides of it or both characters however it's structured intertwine Mm -hmm. and you start switching and you're like oh i don't i actually like this person or i actually agree with this person on that in that level except not on this because i think um you know part of i don't even know if i want to say the problem but that's just the word that comes to mind with um a lot of uh the sort of disconnect that maybe uh, certain some of us are having these days um, in society is 
from from labeling each other as either good or bad or mm-hmm. right or wrong. Like, no, you're wrong. Therefore, you're bad. Therefore, I'm not going to listen to you. Right. And end of conversation. And what what I'd like to see more is just conversation. Yeah. Um, so in the series, you have your character uh, Red is the name, mm-hmm. and uh, Brigand's character Aelin, who uh, in in the in what you guys have put out so far, we know that Aelin was actually a mod um, that was living with Pure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before I get to that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. E- explain <laughs> yeah. explain exactly. the differences between the mods, the Pure, and the Dissension. Okay, so uh, Pures uh, are a faction of society that has rejected genetic modification, mm-hmm. so they live purely as humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mods are a faction of society that, in the pursuit of perfection, have embraced genetic modification. Um, but the flip side of that, they are so weak at this point, so dependent on uh, the genetic materials to keep themselves essentially living, what they do is essentially go out and farm peers for their genetic material to continue their existence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, who's to say that won't be the science in the future? It could be a suspension <laughs> of disbelief to some extent, but, you know, sci-fi, the dissension... Uh, is sort of that middle faction there where they are peers, but have uh, now they're now fighting against the mods. They're the more like militant, active resistors, e- exactly. Yeah. Where the peers are more passive and trying mm. to just live their lives and hide from from everything. Um, but uh, yeah, that's essentially how that. that and the mods, out. the mods in this world are very much mythic to the peers. Um, you don't know about the mods unless you get brought there, and when you get brought there. You never leave. So a lot of what they hear is just, you know, legend. Uh, the annex is this mysterious place. Nobody knows what really happens, but it's got this bad aura around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Red's character is kind of a dichotomy. Was that enough of an explanation before we go into yeah, that? I just, I okay. so. <laughs> so Red's Red's character is interesting because she is a pure. Um, originally. Originally. So I'm going to say this for this podcast. I've said this a few times already today. Yeah. Um, no one in this world is who they say they are, but more importantly, no one is who they, who they think, think they are. They are. Hmm. And so you have quite a few yeah. of our lead characters who maybe came from one place, one faction that are now in a different place and have um, will have their beliefs change throughout the series. I mean, you have to see change in characters mm-hmm. anyway, but um, I think that's a core principle of the arc for the series. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. That just gave me like a visceral reaction. Um, <laughs> good. That's good. Because, uh, just from what you just said, no one is who they say they are. No one is who they think they are. Is just like what life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. That's just like. Uh, um, sorry, um, Jay. You were saying. No, I think no. That goes to the point. I think like such a big part of the problem with today is we're more connected to the world, but we're more disconnected in a sense because. You know, these screens that separate us don't give us the humanity of the person on the other end of the line, and we kind of lose that. And it's become less of a conversation with each other and more of preaching to each other. Right. Um, and it's become a lot more divisive. And I think what we're trying to explore and reconnect with through Pure is the idea that we've lost that sense of community to a point. Um, and we need to get back to the place where we can have conversations. We can have different points of view and then accept that the person across from us is still a human being with different points of view. 
and, and have a civil conversation about that because that's a large part of what divides us as a country, as a nation today. Right, yeah, I, it's, social media is like wonderful and awful. Mm -hmm. um, I often find myself, like if I post something online that isn't really divisive in my opinion. Right, I, right. I, like, you know, just a little bit like, hey, this show did this thing and this is what I think about it. Um, oftentimes I try to remind myself like, don't argue with them or with anyone who's gonna come in and have like a difference of opinion. I try to think of it more as like, not even a debate, but just a discussion mm -hmm. um, because I oftentimes realize that everything just starts dwindling down to argument and it becomes this whole like, well, you're wrong, I'm right. I'm right, I'm yeah, right, exactly. I'm wrong, you're right, yeah. or whatever it is. And it's like, it's a weird thing to navigate yeah. that where it's like, at the end of the day, I try to say like, well, it doesn't matter, that's my opinion, we'll just agree to disagree, mm. but is that the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, I'm sorry, what you were saying no, is yeah. kind of idea of that. <laughs> yeah, like for sure. And communication that's... And, and being able to have a discussion without going straight into argument and just being completely like on one side yeah. versus the other. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. I think a, a big part of that for me, like just being brought up in the area that I was, I, I, and then being where I am today, I think the part of the problem is in the education system, we're taught what to think, mm -hmm. but we're not really taught how to think. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're not taught that we're being brought up in a world that is um, continuously being explored and examined. Uh, I know for a long time, I always thought like there are experts in every field and they know exactly everything and nothing is ever to be questioned. And so like humans are very dogmatic by nature. I mean, we are very faith driven. We want to have faiths in certain things whether that's science or religion, I mean, there's a, if you're a scientist, you have faith in empirical evidence and what we see must be the truth. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because over the past hundred years, we've proven that we only see less than 1% of the world around us. Mm -hmm. So what is that? And our you? truth is constantly changing. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the things that I, I want to talk to you guys about is the costumes and the makeup mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I, I personally really like it. Um, yeah. you have, what I, I like that you can kind of just distinguish the, the mods and the, and the pures uh, because the mods have this very like angular look and it's very like um, clean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and where you have the, the pures that are more maybe tribal looking. Uh, what, uh, who, who is, who's designing that? And um, is there, this is like kind of two different questions, yeah, yeah. but who's designing that first of all? And then uh, the second question is, is there like an economic status difference between them two? Because I mean, just the looks make it seem like that's the case. Sure. Like living in completely different worlds. I'm gonna compliment Kate right now on this, where <laughs> I, first off I'll say, the way that it was written and the way that we approached it, I think the, the characters pretty much defined how they would look. I mean, yeah. it seemed pretty obvious to all of us on, on how we would sort of have these contrasts. That being said, Kate did a lot of work and a lot of a lot of research in in terms of how this whole show would look um, and how we were able to tell a story um, differentiating these people not just in their actions but just how how they how they live what they look like. Um, so I, I have to say, Kate did such a, a phenomenal job of getting us to this point where, you know, John Sams came in and, and those those photos that you saw or any, any of the posters, 
was a direct extension from Kate's early work and sort of defining what these different factions would look like. Um, so I just have to give props to Kate on that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and and I, so I'm gonna answer this in a couple of answers. Yeah. <laughs> the first being what we've put out there for marketing materials and portraiture and even the teaser already is not our final looks. Um, we were basically working with the resources that we had going into the first studio shoot day um, until we were able to get to this crowdfunding campaign to more fully realize those characters, their costuming. Um, and our costume designer, Kumi Asai, who's actually in Japan right yep, now. Costuming it up in Japan. Um, What's up, Kumi? She uh, was, we had to have a sort of a last minute replacement just prior Schedule to issues, the studio shoot day because of scheduling issues. And she came in very quickly. In, a, and in said, like a week, yeah. essentially. And threw together, put together that neck necklace piece, mm, the headdress that you saw. Like my favorite. Yeah, it's <laughs> the amazing. The is an absolute hit for the mod. She actually bought just the, she purchased the metal piece underneath and then she used straws to construct the rest of the wow. of the neck piece. So yeah. it's definitely very cool. And we actually have that up for one of our incentives. Um, there's only one, there's only gonna be one like it. So that is still available. And so Kumi and I really talked about what we wanted to, the look to be. And I also worked with, of course, our hair and makeup, mm-hmm. um, our lead hair and makeup artist, Alicia Craddy, to develop the overall look. I think for me, there are some key differences between the different factions. Um, and, I, and I'll start with the peers because they're almost the easiest <laughs> because they're so pure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we're talking about pure, by the way, guys, we're really talking about genetic modification mm-hmm. in, in terms of being free and pure from that. Um, so the peers, I wanted them to look very uh, much more stripped down, more natural, really healthy looking and making sure that we represented a bunch of different types of people, you know, coming together into one kind of assimilated culture, still using a lot of their different cultural influences. Um, We're doing that in the music as well. Mm -hmm. So kind of pulling in, you know, whether it's Spanish or um, African or, you know, Asian influences into a lot of the costuming and the hair and makeup and the music. Um, But the peers, I wanted them to have, you know, a lot of clothing that was free from like patterns and 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 make it more simple but also very refined at the same time and actually not just earthy tones using a lot of vibrant colors um yes. <laughs> so, but, they're, but they're all derived like one is like eggplant you know you can associate them with oh yeah, yeah right so in that I mean. sense yeah. pulling from nature they're organic vibrant they're all organic coloring, colors not the color palette that we're using for the mods, which their coloring feels very fabricated. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, between color palette and patterns and textures, you know, bringing in a lot of texture for the pures, making them very distinct and... Don't forget the power shapes. And and, yeah, power shapes, uh, we do have, you know, a lot of circles and that circular vibe going on with them, but not to get too deep into it, the mods, um, actually, it's interesting that you said uh, the Angular. simple um, 
and, and that's probably because in what we've already shot for the pilot of that one mod person played by Kate Adams, um, she's not actually wearing a costume really at mm. all. She's uh, <laughs> she's laying in this very dramatic, mm-hmm. long covering, covering um, that was actually made by my co-production designer Christine Slazzi. She hand sewed that whole thing, um, oh. and it was 14 feet long and eight feet wide at its widest point. And we really had to dramatize that for the angle that we were shooting at. Um, so that didn't really fall on costuming. I think. If we were talking about costuming for the mods, um, I want them to feel very shapeless, actually, mm-hmm. uh, to reveal that their identities have been lost, mm. that they've lost their true identities. And so a, a good reference is actually, I, I've posted some pictures on online, um, some of Alexander McQueen's work, um, like that very modeled, lacy, overlay kind of, a little bit, throwback to like that Catholic Roman uh, period, mm-hmm. um, but in a future sense. And they're, the mods are at a point where they have really, they know that they messed up. They know they've made mistakes and they're kind of on the downhill side of that. And so it's showing through their costuming, it's showing through their art and, and their environment around them that they feel that shame. And so they are more covered than they normally were when they first started this process because when you are genetically perfect, Mm -hmm. why would you want to cover that up? Um, And then for the dissension, they are more tribal feeling. They're the guerrilla fighting force, as we talked about earlier, but um, I don't want them to feel like they are without resources. Mm -hmm. They still have plenty of resources. They still have... um, that, that's not what they're lacking. What they're lacking is freedom. What everyone is lacking in this world is freedom in a different sense. And so, but but with the dissension, they're very ornamental. They, they're the ones that will take two hours every day to get ready hmm. because every piece that they put on means something. And it's also this showing off of their skills. Trophies. Um, trophies and this intimidating factor because they've gotten to the point where the ends almost justify the means. Mm-hmm. They've been so frustrated for so long with what's happening that they're, uh, a large part of their group is, you know, almost becoming more like the mods in a sense. So there's a lot going on um, with how they look and the costuming and we're tying all these themes and principles into the music and everything as well. I know that was really long-winded, but <laughs> it's hard to talk about all three of those factions very quickly. <laughs> no, it was great. Uh, I do like um, the vibrancy of um, the costumes because uh, typically, when I think of dystopian futures, usually I think of something like the Hunger Games, um, where you had all the, you know, the districts, the the ones, you know, that weren't making as much money and didn't have as many resources. They were more of the the grays and the and the and the uh, not as vibrant tones. And you had, you know, the capital everything yeah. having. So mm-hmm. it's almost a little reversed yeah. in this. It seems. Um, so I, that was one of the things that I like noticed that popped out to me right away. Um, and that was like definitely that. one of the biggest sticking points when we were went into this. We said we want to kind of redefine what the dystopian future looks like. Maybe it's not this like drab, monochromatic, you know, political thing. We, we can. What if we still have abundance? What if the discussion is just driven a different way? 
So there's still abundance with the pures, and you totally feel that uh, in the color schemes. Um, so yeah, that was just, I'm glad that that sticks out, I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Can I just mention yeah. one thing real quick? I know we're doing the podcast, which is going to be aired later, but we're also still running our crowdfunding campaign. And so we have, um, I just want to shout out to the people that are live streaming with us right now. Uh, we only have, we have until 10 a.m. tomorrow, so 13 hours to go. We need to reach our 100% funding goals, so any shares you can give us would be amazing. And for anybody that's listening to the podcast, of course, that's going to be after the crowdfunding campaign. You can still find us at journeytotheannex.com. You're going to see everything about the show, any of the updates that we're going to be posting. You can still follow the project there, so please do that. And um, we're just so excited to have everybody you know, interested and supporting and following, so thank you. Yes. <laughs> Yes, do it. Do it all. Uh, do it all. We are about to wind down a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to ask you all, um, I think we've talked about some of this stuff already, but what, what's kind of been like some, the most exciting part of this whole process for, for you um, individually and as a group? Oh, we already did this in our little vignette video, so this should be easy for us. <laughs> we already know the answers to all of this. I, I'd say it's... it's um, uh, specifically for me, over the last year, there's been sort of a transformation in terms of how I approach creativity and, and artistry and, and to where I was always coming from a place of other people providing the platform in which I can operate within. And what's been really uh, exciting and frustrating and wonderful and tragic and all that it, it has been the realization that I have a voice and the ability to make my own things, the things that I want to see out there in terms of storytelling out in the world. Um, so the most exciting part of it, which is at the same time the, the most uh, uh, frustrating part of it, is is that that you know th these things rise or fall based off of what of what we're doing. Um, but we're 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 trying to make something that we really want to do. Uh, we're not asking for permission. Um, at this moment, we're asking for people to just come along with us and, and join in uh, on this whole experience. And hopefully uh, people are interested in what we're doing. Yeah, so it's, I, I would say that someone said something recently, it's instead of knocking on doors, build your own house. Mm -hmm. And I just, I really relate to that. Um, I'm still knocking on doors. Mm -hmm. uh, with one hand, but the other one, I, I have you know a hammer and saw, and I'm trying to do everything that I can to, yeah. to make the stuff that will be fulfilling to me, and uh, also that I think would be fulfilling to uh, other people. So yeah, and and what I like specifically about this project too is um, just your statement of inclusivity and you know LGBTQ, uh, all of that because. What we're seeing out in the mainstream media isn't that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people are thirsty for this kind of um, content. And so to, to see it out there and, 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 you know, people are pushing for this, I, I really like that. So um, that's, I think that's why I, I gravitated towards this so heavily. Oh, good. Um, oh, once great. I found out about it, that's <laughs> it's because it's like, I don't see that anywhere. Yeah. And, and the, the conversation of inclusivity and representation is so oddly divisive. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. It's so strange because it's like, I don't know. Um, growing up, I didn't have that stuff. 
you know, this conversation has been had a million times, but it's it's just like, <laughs> I will never understand why people get offended at the inclusivity. <laughs> it's They're just so strange. By it or I think so it goes nice. back to like how we're faith-based and people just think mm-hmm. that way because they're taught to think that they're way. Taught, yeah. Like, why is it bad to be one way or another? Mm-hmm. Like, just because that's what you're used to, you know what I mean? We fear difference, Yeah. which is really dangerous. And I think sometimes we forget that the idea of clude, of including other people does not mean that we have to leave. Exactly. Right. It's yeah. not discluding right, other right. people. It's like right? we're all here. It's not all or nothing. Right. But, you know, the all or nothing thinking is such a common way of thinking mm-hmm. for a lot of people. It's um, just making it a fuller, richer experience. Yes. And so I think, you know, we've talked about this on the earlier live streams today, but um, part of the problem is that you have a circle of friends and those are the people you know. And and when you're working in the studio system, you know, and you have this circle and you're not going outside of that circle to find other voices, that's where you run into inclusion problems, right? Um, there is a big shift right now, in, you know, a lot of voices being heard uh, to advocate for inclusion there still needs to be more action though. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're trying to be part of that by making sure that our show both in front of and behind the camera is very inclusive. And it, and again, it just makes the story richer for it. Yeah. So I think we've, uh, I think also Brigham and I have kind of had, well, I'll speak for myself, but an advantage coming from the audio drama world recently because audio drama is still a medium where there is so much inclusion because there's not really a an overseer of that content. It's very accessible. Um, so just about anybody could make an audio drama podcast and could afford to make it and could get the resources to make one. And therefore, people from diverse backgrounds are able to make one. So a lot of times, uh, we'll hear comments about audio drama and how um, people love it because there is so much diversity and inclusion. And we, having had that awareness and that experience, want to make sure we can bring that into the visual medium. Because mm-hmm. the idea, one of the the big hopes for me is that the, the content that we're making with Pure and the style and the look and the genre is something that is mainstream. It's a mainstream genre, high quality um, product, but we aren't. We don't want to forget about the inclusion and the diversity that often comes with, you know, like the littler projects. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like melding those worlds together. Can I just say it, it's it's so big the concept of of you know, someone seeing themselves in something or hearing themselves in something and how empowering that is. And, and I, I'll never understand the, the approach of trying to exclude someone. All it does is, is shrink other people and, and take away their voices. And, and particularly for, for me in, in terms of the Bright Sessions, and I'll get like super that emotional talking about it is, you know, we'll get messages from kids that, uh, listened to the show and and had the courage to then come out to to their parents and and how empowering that is to to, 
have something out there in the world, a story being told where where it gives people the the this the strength and the adrenaline rush to 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 be who they are and and so when we're talking about making something like pure where it's in front of the camera and behind the camera uh it only makes the world better to empower other people i i i'll never understand the approach of of trying to extinguish someone else's life it's you know prop everyone up and it just makes everything better it's an unfortunate uh thing that the you know straight white male feels threatened by <laughs> the inclusion of diverse diverse people um so yeah i am very happy you guys are doing this uh this series and i wish you guys all the thank you so thank much. you so much <laughs> for it and thank you guys so much for being on my show thank you for coming by yeah. and yeah. so for everyone on the live stream if you could just introduce yourself one more time we have yeah. some new viewers yeah, uh, I'm Richard Gardenas. I host a podcast called Interview with a Nerd. You can find that pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. Cool. And you'll be able to find this episode uh, generally... Next week, this will come out on Monday. Cool. Okay, yes. awesome. Cool. So you can check that out then. Um, and... Oh, yeah, uh, websites, interviewwiththenerd.com. <laughs> yes, yes interviewwiththenerd.com. Uh, awkwardhuman.com <laughs> is the network we're on. So. Nice. Oh, Sweet. Cool. We're nice. running two shows at once. We are running two <laughs> shows at <laughs> once. This is crowdfunding level yeah. 79. That was it. That was the interview. Um, thank you again, uh, Kate, Jay, Brigan, Julia. That was so much fun. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that, um, listeners. Um, I know that the audio was very different, but <laughs> we did the best that we could, and um, I think it came out uh, not not horrible. So it's it's good. We that was our first time ever trying to uh, do a, a travel show like that, and I think that once we get it all figured out, we figured out which mic was the best one. And so we are working on getting some more of those so that if we ever need to do another travel show, which I'm so 100% down for doing, uh, we'll have that uh, set up. So yeah, um, you can go to uh, journeyintotheannex.com, which I will have in the show notes if I am not saying that correctly, but I think I am, uh, to check out more of the series and see uh, how it's progressing and everything like that. Uh, I'm, as I said, super, super, super excited for this series to come out because um, I have been a fan of um, Brigham and Julia from the Bright Sessions, which you guys know because I talk about it so often on this show. I even had Lauren on. Yay, Lauren. Lauren Shippen. Um, so yeah, check that out. And all of their social media, everything will be in the show notes as well and on the guest page and all that. You know where to go. Interview with a nerd.com. Um, all right. So there's just two final little things before we go. I have some recommendations for you. Okay, here we go. They're both movies. Uh, And the first one is called Sorry to Bother You, which is what I talked about in um, the interview. Go see it. It's so good. Um, As I mentioned, I cried in the film in a spot that I was not expecting to cry in. I'm a crier. I cry in films. It's what I do. Um, But uh, this was just such a powerful moment. And if you are a person of color, 
or a person of a marginalized minority or anything like that, you may have experienced this type of thing before. And it was quite powerful and effective. And it was so, I wouldn't say subtle, but at the same time, yes. <laughs> anyway, go check it out. If you've seen it, go uh, go to the website or tweet at me or send me an email or something, richard at awkwardhuman.com. Let's talk about it. It's so good. Um, so that is one of my recommendations. Um, I don't think it's playing, uh, I don't think it had a wide release. Um, it's more of an indie film. So if you do have it near you and you have the opportunity to go see it or wait till it comes out on video, um, VOD is what they call it, video on demand. <laughs> if it, when it comes out on streaming services and all that, uh, check it out when you get the chance because it's actually really, really, really good. Um, and then the second one is kind of just for me, just a, it was such a delightful experience. Crazy Rich Asians. Oh my God, it was so much fun. It was so good. I cried. There's a wedding scene in it that is just beautiful. And that's not a spoiler because they're going to uh, China to go to a wedding. That's the whole point of the of the movie. But anyway, um, it's, it's wonderful. It's so, so good. Uh, and the... the you guys, the actors are quite good looking. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, it was a fun experience. It was a fun movie. Uh, so delightful. Like I said, um, I, I nearly watched it again tonight. I had some friends that were to go see it, uh, but they were going to a really, really late showing. And I was just eventually not feeling it once it started coming up to that time. So I canceled, but I'd seen it already. So it's fine. It's LA. It's what we do. We cancel. Um, all right. So that's my other recommendation. Crazy Rich Asians. It was number one in the box office. Uh, I think I read something somewhere along the lines saying that it was the first uh, uh, romantic comedy to to open at number one or sorry, no, to, to make more than like $20 million opening weekend in I don't know how many years or whatever but yeah diversity is good people Hollywood <laughs> clearly I mean Black Panther crazy rich Asians come on we know what we're doing we know what's good content let us make more <laughs> so those are my two recommendations and that's all I have for you. I do have another interview coming up this week, so I'm excited to bring that one out. It's going to be a topic that I know absolutely nothing about, which I'm super excited to do. Uh, and that's it. So yeah, pure the series. Uh, and then that's it for this. Um, check all that out. Go to the website. You can um, you can uh, go to e uh, interview with a mail with a mail. Oh my goodness. You can go to interviewwiththenerd.com. We're on Twitter, interview with a nerd. Uh, what else are we on? I think that's all the social media, just the Twitters. And uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at LeRichardC at everything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I finally fixed my Facebook so that it's easier to find me. Hopefully, maybe, I don't know. Uh, you can find me all over the place there. If you want to send me an email, uh, that's richard at awkwardhuman.com. I will reply to you. And if you want me to read anything on the show, let me know in the email and I will do that. Uh, also, if you have iTunes, please go on iTunes and rate the show. Give me some of that love. It helps the show get out there a little bit more. It brings more viewers and then we get more cool stuff happening like interviews with people with great, great creators like the series Pure who that we will be seeing 
on TV. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers because who's not going to buy that? I need to stop gushing about this show, but I'm not going to stop gushing. All right. I will, I will end the show now. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, as always, uh, be kind to one another. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe. And I will talk to you on the next one. Bye. Bye.